0: Are God given rights. We are free to associate as we wish, free to choose as we wish, and free to express ourselves as we wish. These rights are established in the Declaration of Independence, a founding document of this country, America, establishing equality for all. Today's guests are united as two rational, down to earth dudes in an ever changing, increasingly irrational country. Media, insanity, entertainment, profanity, and political vanity. Ed wants to tell us the difference between truth and misinformation. Give me a break. Here to offer some relief, Nate and Tony, hosts of the Reality Czar podcast. I'm your host, Mystic Mark. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast.
1: they want to like upload themselves into this like ai sort of thing like this whole like it, like you can uh, like through black mirror they want to upload their consciousness into this thing and so i i feel like that's a way of like escaping their eternal fate You know, because if they die here now, they might have to answer for some of the fucked up things they did. And I think that probably they've been doing this for a while. Like, I think about, like, Jeffrey Epstein might have been fucking uploaded to the AI.
2: These people, like, when's the last time someone told Bill Gates, like, no, man, that's just that's dumb, stop doing that, right? (laughs) If he's not in check with himself, and I I think that's something you can at that level do that work, but I think it's really hard and I don't think a lot of people are gonna do it, especially when they got a lot of better alternatives. You know, you'd rather hang out at an Orgy doing some sex magic or something, than like, you know, trying to be like, yeah, why was I a jerk today?
1: Do no harm Take no shit Mm. You know That's kind of The philosophy That's the non-aggression principle Right And so like We're I mean We're not Inherently fucking Conspiracy theorists But like we definitely question government completely, you know, and, and the whole entire part of government. And so that opens you up to conspiracy theories, you know, because if you're like questioning everything the state does because you see the agenda behind it, then like you're a natural conspiracy theorist, you know,
0: it just kind of works it way, you know, works in there. Absolutely. So, Nate, definitely getting to know you. Tony, haven't gotten to know you much, brother. What's <laughs> up, man? We're here. the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast and i've got nate and tony from the reality czars podcast here with me we're going to be doing a swap cast so if you're listening on their end i'm mark from the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast hello nice to meet you and i just asked nate and tony exactly how this journey got started so if you will gentlemen take it away Sure, man. Tony, I'm pretty sure the first time we met was at, it was
1: called Sasquatch Freedom Festival. It was like this little anarchist fucking agorist festival up in like the northern parts of Washington. And this was, like, in the middle of 2020, dude. This was, like, like major lockdown in between Oregon and Washington. That's where we're from, the Pacific Northwest there. They had this stupid rule that, like, if you went into Washington, if you crossed a toe into it, then when you came back, you had to, like, call that quarantine for two weeks and shit. Like, it was when, this is when this was, like, hardcore. And, like, Oregon, I don't know if anybody knows anything about it besides it's, like, trying desperately to be fucking California. So it's the most progressive state right behind it. And it, dude, it, we had the worst kind of fucking lockdowns, masks, all this kind of fucking horrible bullshit. And so it was like a breath of fresh air to go to this like beautiful place, like on the peninsula, on the coast, one of the most beautiful, like pristine spots in America. Dude, like uh, a buddy of ours owns a property out there, and he's the one who was running this little freedom festival out there. And I think that's where I met, right, Tony? Yeah. Are you sure. Yeah. You it, are
3: you, no- oh no, you're not. There you go. <laughs> I. It was November, I believe. So it was cold because we were camping, and I remember that. I remember we were all just kind of huddled around a small fire, a well, pretty good size fire. Yeah, I, I've always forgot about the quarantine. I forget exactly what the rules were. I don't even know whether we were allowed to cross these lines or something completely absurd. Like, this yeah, is November. It was stupid. Yeah. It's so funny thinking back that I just forgot all about those rules because like, I wasn't following them. But, yeah, we went up there. We hung out, talked down. Um, there's uh, maybe 30 to 50 people there. And then later on, you had this tape butchering class, and I've never done that before. <laughs> so you're like, hey, it's,
1: like- <laughs> It sounded like he's in torturing. <laughs> he did butchering. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, so I had an aunt out here that, like, in the middle of lockdown dude like food processing like places like meat processing places like backed up like crazy like they put her on like a two-year fucking waiting list to get her pig slaughtered to like get to be able to get fda certified and sold and shit. And so she had a giant pig farm and her husband had just died and so she was like can you come kill some of these pigs you know? And so I was like, absolutely. So like, and so I was going to teach a butchering class for the freedom cell for our freedom cells out here. And so we had buddies up in Washington and they wanted to do one. And so like, I reached out, you know, on telegram to all our like groups and stuff. And Tony was the only volunteer. So he came to help me. And so we went and shot a couple pigs, stuck them, gutted them, took them all the way up to almost to Seattle, that area. And then we tied a big pig butchering class and that was a lot of fun dude so it was it was cool i i've been in the food service industry my entire adult life so i have a lot of butchering skills and things like that Hmm. and so we uh, yeah man it was cool and we just like people volunteered and like donated a little bit of money or that. And they, everyone got to take home as much meat as they wanted. And it was just a lot of fun and everybody got to learn a skill. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. And so Tony on the way there, because we had like a three and a half hour drive, we just started like fucking talking and we just started like just going off about conspiracies, this, that lockdown, like Liberty, all tyranny, all this crazy bullshit, what was going on? And we're like, dude, this could be a fucking podcast this could be a fucking show. Why don't we do it? So that's kind of how our show started.
0: Right on. Just a long drive. Yeah. That's, and that's cool, man. You know, these are the kind of skills that we need to be teaching one another, you know, how to survive outside of the, you know, reach of industry of everything that's been, you know, this system that's been set forth. I was actually before this podcast started working on a farm and uh, we didn't. I wasn't around for the butchering of the pigs. I actually took part in the the milking of the cows and whatnot. But I remember feeding the the pigs and just being kind of like, "Wow, these are some wild animals!" You know, just the way the way they sounded and the way they moved. And I've seen pigs before. Like I'm not a city kid. You know, I, I grew up in an area where there's farms. But but yeah, it is it is something that people take for granted. You know, working that close to their food source you know and i think it's going to be a rude awakening at some point for the people that don't get their feet and hands dirty and and learn how to you know learn how to do some of those things but when it comes to your podcast sounds like a really cool origin you guys get together you meet you realize you have like minds and the podcast is formed was there sort of uh, like a list of names at the beginning? Because I remember not this podcast, but the one I, I picked, I put together before this one. We put like a, a whole like list of names in a journal. Like, oh, what's the name of our podcast going to be? We wrote down a bunch of them. And we ended up coming up with one that I wasn't really happy with in hindsight. The Bud Triangle. But you guys have a really <laughs> killer name. The Reality Czars. I like that. It's definitely... Kind of a, a unique, you know, vibe. Tell me about what you know. What's the intention of that name, and or or what's the story behind that? Tony, you picked that. You picked that. I had some really cringy, really
1: fucking lame names. I was like conspiritarian, all kinds of just really stupid shit. And it was actually this was like. Shit, Tony Moon was this. This was like oh, it was. I guess it was a couple years ago, and this was like I think it was either it was the Biden administration had it been right or like the end of fucking and He was talking about starting a fucking reality czar He wanted to have a fucking realities are because like how like crazy or you know all the fucking myths whatever. Basically, call what us. we
0: have now the the disinformation czar <laughs> exactly. that they put in.
1: Yeah, it was the misinformation or this was done. the information are before that? Yeah, or yeah right on yeah so we yeah that was tony that was all tony and i was like that's a perfect man
3: well it, it's such a great like the idea that they would say that like, we need reality sauce and just like okay come on you got to take it a step back and not to troll them a little bit but also i think it's i think there's something about just like kind of taking control of your own reality too and um not letting the mainstream narrative wash over you and push you around but like you figure out, like, well, you think, not necessarily, like, you can't necessarily deem something to be true that's not true. But we can kind of, like, curate, like, what's important, what's not, how much weight we give everything. There are things that we just don't know, and you can basically decide where you wind up on something. And, like, these are all odd decisions. So, yeah, I think that we're all kind of reality talk, or at least should be.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of, that's a good point to make, because I feel like, it's kind of a, a, maybe even a sticky situation sometimes, but you start to wake up to a lot of these things and you realize like, Whoa, the reality I'm living in is so different from, you know, when you're standing at a gas station or a supermarket, the, you know, pick five people around you and ask them, you know, a random question. Chances are it's going to be out of context. If you're this far down the rabbit hole, I mean, Those of us who have started a podcast, there's a reason for it. You know, we want to talk about this stuff. You know, if we weren't talking about it with each other, we'd be that guy in a supermarket line, like, Hey, did you, you know, because there's just something about living in a, I don't want to say isolated, but it's almost, it feels isolating and it makes you want to reach out to other people. I mean, hence the name of my show. My family thinks I'm crazy. I've experienced this just through, every venture into something open-minded you know anytime I went against the grain there were people to be like why are you doing that you know and it it never got to a point where you know relationships would be ruined over it it was it wasn't until the pandemic that it got to that point where now you see people like oh if you don't do this you can't hang out with us you know it got to a real real intense level. And that farm I was telling you about, one of the really interesting things about working there was all of the people uh, who owned the farm, the entire family, they were all flat earthers. They were all flat earth, biblical, really fundamentalist Christians. So they didn't buy any of it. You know, they weren't into any of it. And I just by chance, you know, met them and, and started working for them and it kind of you know gave me a, a a way out of the system because before that I was working for Amazon and they were going to probably you know hold me down at some point and shove the needle up my ass
1: yeah I do yeah. have a buddy that's still working for Amazon right now mm. including you Tony <laughs> Tony's ready for fucking Amazon well, working for the goddamn man but now I got a buddy that's like pretty high in management over there they still haven't made him get a jab Mm. Well, they were it, they were making him wear like little stars of david almost like are you vaccinated or not You know that kind of, that kind of bullshit and there God. was like different rules but they haven't fucking made him take a poke yet but yeah i didn't yeah, uh, i'm actually kind of fucking shocked by that
0: yeah i, I didn't like, realize that. Else. i didn't realize that and i probably yeah who knows maybe i would have stuck around if if i didn't like really fear that point coming but yeah two years ago before this show started i was like there's no way I'm going to keep working here with this mask on and all this bullshit, you know? So I, I made a scene and I quit, you know, I, I was like the end is near you people are, you know, we're, we're well, done yeah, with dude. the masks. <laughs> and then a week later, my delivery, you know, station uh, manager was like, yeah, we don't have any more routes for you, Mark. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't think that was coincidental, but yeah, I, I you know, I definitely am grateful for kind of getting out of the system. You mentioned Adam and, and Chud X. Those guys are completely off the grid. I remember talking yeah. to Adam.
1: Shout out to Chud X and Adam. We yeah. Love you.
0: Yeah. Shout yeah. out to them. Adam was on my show back episode 90 something. And he was telling me all about his, his move into the, not just into the apocalypse, but you know, into the wilds and all completely off the grid. And, I want to do that myself. Yeah. My only fear is like, oh, shit, am I going to have to, like, get some kind of Starlink satellite just to be a part of the internet still? Like, I still want to do my podcast. Man, <laughs> man. You got to get one of those
1: fucking Ethernet cables or something. That's, mm. It's faster. And, it, dude, I don't trust Elon Musk or any of that fucking Starlink right. kind of shit. I mean, right. it, we, we're not going to have a fucking choice because he's literally going to put it in, like, the fucking – whatever space is he's going to stick it in, in the atmosphere yeah and like, that, i think yeah. it's going to be unavoidable but mm, absolutely yeah. well so then you can never be really off the grid because they can always see you they yeah always detect you you know that's but he's a good guy though he's he's coming to save us Elon sure. Musk is. because you only <laughs> yeah. wants to put chips in your head and
0: yeah yeah and his dad is his dad's real cool you know he yeah. only stole millions of diamonds from those african people no big deal yeah. But those
1: I, aren't people though, so don't worry. About, you know,
0: just <laughs> that's that's all these fucks, man. You dude, know. that's the thing, you know, and I was kind of surprised that there were even people that would like, you know, champion Elon Musk. I get it, you know, always oh, gonna buy Twitter and whatever, but yeah, there's no there's no case to be made for people on that level. It's all shady dealings, you know. Bill Gates, Elon Musk. They all have parents in high places that get them to those positions and Mm -hmm. You know, they, they make him seem literally like cool in
1: the world economic forum. So uh, like the guy is a fucking piece of shit. Like right. there's no, there's no, and it he didn't start Tesla. He didn't fucking start PayPal. Like motherfucker just bought it. I like, he actually could be mentally retarded. Like there's that conspiracy that Elon Musk is actually completely mentally retarded. And, but he talks so slow and bizarre. He's either a fucking genius or he's retarded. And I can't
0: tell mm. <laughs> that's I love it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would, I would love to smoke with him. I, that interest, that was an interesting conversation with Joe Rogan. He didn't get high. He, he did the Bill Clinton. You know, he, mm-hmm. he just Inhaled I, I don't mean, think he's human, man. I don't even. I'm uh, not even sure he's, he's a
3: fucking human. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Definitely cannot smoke a blunt. That was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> like it's almost like you that or Mark Zuckerberg drinking water. It's like he's kind of really even injured that.
1: Yeah, they they're almost
0: important. got it down. The <laughs> androids almost they're can do it. Yeah. I hear you. Well, let's go. Let's go even further back. Let's hit the rewind button all the way back to before you guys met. You know, maybe obviously separately, you can tell me like when did this interest in conspiracies, you know, and everything in between, you know, because it's not just conspiracy theories. You know, we're living in a world that. Is trying to systematically hold us down poison us keep us in a box did you guys have this moment early in life was it more recently you know we've had a lot of guests mm-hmm. on my show say 9 11 was a big wake up the pandemic has even been a big wake up for some people i i was you know maybe a, a little early on trend. that but what do you guys think
1: well i mean for me i think that i've always been some form of anarchist like they if that had existed at the time, and maybe it did, they would have definitely labeled me like oppositional defiant disorder or whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) Like, cause when I was in school, dude, like, fuck you. I was going to sit in my desk. Like I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go over here and do something interesting. I'm gonna go talk to a girl because I think she's cute. And you just weren't gonna make me do do whatever it was unless I was interested in it. In history, I would fucking get straight A's. In math, I would get A's. Science, I would get A's. In anything else, I was like, "Eh, fuck you. I'm not listening. I'm not interested. And unless they were reading a book that was interesting in English or something like that, then I would fucking get A's. If not, I was gonna get zeros because I wasn't gonna turn in the homework. I wasn't gonna do the homework. I wasn't gonna do your assignment and so like thank god i guess for fucking george w bush no child left behind or else who the fuck knows (laughs) like i wouldn't have finished elementary school but like my mom put me in christian school when i was young and i think it was around third grade is when i decided to stop doing the pledge of allegiance and my and dude They thought I was demon-possessed. They thought I was all kinds of things. (laughs) And I just wasn't a state. Even then, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Why am I pledging allegiance to a flag? What does this fucking mean? Like, I was just questioning it. So I think that I always had this, like, uh, contrarian streak in me. You know, that's that's always been around with me. But, like, I was still pretty fucking normie because, like, I was poor. I was a beaner. So, like, I thought I had to be a Democrat. You know, I thought that was, like, kind of you know, what I was and I was very anti-war. I was like, I didn't care if people did drugs or, you know, sold their body or something like that. So I was like, I guess I'm a progressive you know, that sort of thing. And then I found libertarianism where it was actually consistent because you'd watch the progressives like on a dime flip all of their principles, you know, and things like that. And so like, I thought we actually believed in free speech. I thought we were anti-war, you know, and all, you know, watching these people flip. So that was my first red pill listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Dave Smith from part of the problem. He was my first red
0: pill for uh, libertarianism. It's funny you mentioned that because the libertarian festival I went, to last summer he was there i didn't see him but i heard he was there it's kind of a big festival but i'm a big fan of his comedy podcast legion of skanks so yes i know dave smith very well
1: (laughs) that's where i found him was legion of skanks because i was a dirtbag too i love legion (laughs) of skanks fucking great show and so that was like my first political big giant red pill but then like from there i was listening to uh i guess i i found Pete Quanone as a show i brought him up to you earlier And he had, like, Richard Grove on. And this was probably, like, late 2018, somewhere in 2019, he had Richard Grove on. And and I was like, dude, this guy's fucking awesome. So, like, I went back and I listened to all the old, like, Peace Revolution podcasts, like, his old shit about, like, 9-11 and the fucking Fed and about all this stuff. And I got super fucking red-pilled. And from there, he was, he brought up James Corbett he brought up James Evan Pilato. And so like, I started listening to them and that was like my big fucking red pill. I was like, Holy shit. Like there's this whole other side uh, of like, like the government, I always knew the government was lying, but I was like, I didn't realize how much they were fucking lying, you know, and how much of this was a plan. And so like, that was like my big major red pill for that. And it was like right in line for like 2020. And so like, I saw this from the beginning and those guys can't be saying dude. And like, so from there, man, like I got married in 2019. I met a beautiful woman. Like she's like right on the same page with me. We just had our, like a, our baby seven months old right now. He's uncut. He's fucking unjabbed. No fucking jabs. He's a fucking like sovereign citizen, dude.
0: You know, right on, dude, congratulations. dude. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. I'm really glad to hear that. And that's, you know, that's one of the hardest things to find, you know, when you're a conspiracy theorist is a lady that'll either put up with it or is down with it. I think the second one is even rarer. It's few and far between. I'm sort of blessed myself. No kid yet, but definitely she, she's down with it. She's been on the show a couple of times, my girlfriend, but, but yeah, very cool, man. and, and yeah, a lot, a lot I can relate with there, but I don't want to step on Tony's chance to, to share his story. So, Tony.
3: Yeah, I think one of my first, like, openings was actually around diet, where I just kind of realized at some point, like, I was just told that we're supposed to follow the food pyramid, we're supposed to eat nothing but bread, once in a while a little bit of meat. And then I remember like people going on the Atkins diet, and that was the thing that's just like, I didn't have, like it was working for people. I don't think the best diet necessarily, but people were clearly losing all of this weight and I didn't have a way of explaining this. And just like, basically like something so simple as like, we should know how to eat food. Every animal knows what they can and cannot eat. Your cat, isn't confused by like is this food is this not food yet somehow we have all of these nutritionists telling us that we should eat things that are not healthy and it's really complicated and then i started following that rabbit hole um actually got turned on to this guy daniel vitalis like who kind of explaining how we were like um uh, domesticated version of the wild animal, mm. and that resonated with me. One of my kind of openings into the conspiracy world was seeing Chimatica mm. which I still recommend. as a great film by Ben Stewart. Yeah. He so was just
0: a- on tinfoil hat recently. Ben Stewart does great work.
3: Yeah. It's a great, like he goes down so many different rabbit holes that the end of it, it comes back to like, well, what are you going to do? What's your choice? And again, that kind of resonated with me in a way that, I'm not a big fan of the whole, like, black pill, or world, Dunes, Like, you know, because, like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, there's fuckery going on. This is definitely against us, but, like, we still have agency. And then from there, like, kind of just going down some more nuts and balls, like, finding James Corbett, And it's, you know, just slow progression because, like, I think for a lot of times I would hop in this world of conspiracies. I don't, really, I don't even want to say conspiracies, just kind of, like, trying to understand reality. And then also happen in the world of propaganda. Like I'm still watching mainstream TV. I'm still watching like, you know, John Stewart or whatnot because it's funny. And you know what I mean? Like it takes a while to break through all of this stuff and kind of make sense of it. And I'm, I'm kind of coming to the terms about like when you start talking to other people about this and realize like they haven't even began this journey for the most part. So it's like, it's so easy to come across as crazy because you'll all really put notes in your head about stuff and how stuff works that a lot of people just do not have.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought the part about health up because that that's a part that I don't often talk about, but it was one of the biggest reasons why my family thought I was crazy because, you know, when do you see your extended family? You see them at, you know, holidays when you're all sitting around the table and you have dinner and all of a sudden Mark's not eating meat. Mark, why are you not eating meat? Oh, you're a vegan now? That's weird. What the hell are you doing being a vegan? That's going to make you weak. And then and then I I realized, like, oh, shit, they were kind of right. Like, I should probably start eating meat again, you know, like four years later. And now I've been eating meat for a while. But, you know. You could see me, guys. Like, my, my, me and my dad were bean poles. I have no shame in that. It's just in the genetics. I'd rather be skinny than fat any day of the week. I but... take that, man. I take a bean pole. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like diet has always been a weird thing for me because of my physique, my figure. I could eat like junk, you know, I could eat like junk, but you know what it does? It makes me feel like junk. You know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, make my stomach look big or whatever, but it makes me feel awful. And I didn't quite connect those dots until I was in my teenage years. Like, Oh wow. The reason I have acne all over my face is cause I'm eating Doritos. Oh wow. The reason I, you know, wake up and my mouth is dry is cause I drank soda the night before, you know, like all of these things started to connect and I'm like, they're poisoning us. They're they're killing us. And when I started to really like express that to my family, you know, they kind of, they understood like the you know the things about diet and like oh don't eat too much junk food but it doesn't click on that level of like no this is actually manufactured to be bad for you and tony i love the point of like your cat isn't confused by you know what it should and shouldn't eat like we got all these crazy people trying to feed their cat vegan diets and it, i mean oh, that's Jesus. just you know bordering on abuse but yeah it's it's pretty obvious you know animals they they know exactly what is good for them and i think humans need to trust our instincts more with that kind of thing you know like the whole concept of of like this cleanliness that you see with parents like that just that's gonna make some really really immune compromised kids you know like i'm sure i'm i'm pretty young and i remember when i was a kid this was still a thing So I'm sure you guys seem a little older than me. I don't know how old, but we're probably all around the same age, but we're part of that generation of like, go outside, play in the dirt. You know, it's only been recently that it seems like, you know, maybe it's different in some areas, but I think that has something to do with it. You know, it's like, we are definitely leaving what it means to be human. The more we become urbanized, the more we become Mm -hmm. attached to the system and, And these, you know, foods that are so overproduced.
1: Yeah. When we disconnect from nature, it's, Mm. yeah, it's absolutely crazy, dude. And when you actually, like, when you start paying attention to this, you really start to sound crazy because you realize that every single thing they're doing is anti-life and anti-human. And it's all been fucking planned. Like, you can even go back to, like, as far as, like, Dr. Kellogg, right? I mean, When he came up with the breakfast cereal, when he was like trying to get you people to eat fucking cereal, like he knew that grain wasn't good for you. And he knew that it would kind of make you sluggish and stuff. Like if you read it, he was like, you know, like I'm a Christian, but like, there's weirdo Christians that take it too far. So Mm -hmm. he was like a Christian that was like anti-masturbation. And he thought that this would like stop little boys from touching themselves if they ate cereal for breakfast because he knew it was bad for them. (laughs) And so then we wrapped this, this like science around like our entire like food pyramid, like what you're talking about, Tony, that like greens are important for you when they're like something that we should be eating, like very supplementally, you know, like you can have a little bit of grains, you can have a little bit of wheat, you can have a little bit of rice, whatever, but that's not supposed to be like what your fucking diets based around. And you know know what?
0: I I actually, and I want to have a guest on to talk about this, and maybe this is a good avenue for you guys to research on your show, but I, I have heard that the reason why americans have such trouble with grain in particular is because we don't have something to break it down like if you look at asian cultures they eat a lot of rice but they're yeah. eating miso with that rice which is fermented they're eating kimchi which is fermented and whatever's going on with those probiotics in the miso and the you know that's what's actually helping them actually like utilize the full potential of that grain food source i think the problem is with americans in particular is like if you look at bread they don't use they don't use like an actual active living culture to rise the bread they use yeast which is you know, it's, it's alive, but it's a different thing. And and I remember strain altogether. Yeah. When I was, when, you know, this working in the food industry, when I was working at a bakery, that was one of the big things that this bakery was like known for was their sourdough bread. And it just didn't have that effect. Like I sold bread at, at farmers markets for years and the regular customers, you know, they were very healthy, fit people and they swore by the bread. So I think it's, it's definitely something that, you know, has been manufactured to not be healthy. Like, you look at cereals, they're doused with sugar. I mean, they're basically 80% sugar, you know. Yeah, that's Red's what the I was saying.
1: with my wife. Is like, is we're looking at these fucking bowls of cereal. I also have a teenager. I have a 15-year-old that wants to eat all the garbage. You know, <laughs> So we have to bam, fucking I don't know, whatever. And so, like, Lucky Charms or whatever. And we're looking at this stuff and we're like, this is literal fucking genetically modified poison with sugar on top. And this is marketed towards kids. This is worse than your kid taking a, drinking a whole beer. This is worse like for their health. I don't know if that's true or not. But, I, I mean, over time.
0: But, <laughs> yeah, over time. I mean, sure. If you have one beer compared to like however many tons of cereal a kid could eat in his childhood. Yeah, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, I think we're the only culture that doesn't have any kind of fermentation. And even like when we have pickles if you buy them in the store, they're fermented. I didn't, like so, this is, I found this out recently. I've been researching Amanita bacteria mushroom for research purposes. And apparently back in the day, people would find these really old authentic recipes where like, you, they would soak them in milk. And then people like kind of re- like back in the sixties, fifties when people started researching this in the Western culture, people started redoing these recipes and it didn't really work. And what they realized now is that they were used in milk from the 50s and 60s, which were pasteurized. They didn't have that mm-hmm. bacteria to break down and interact with what, all the chemicals in the mushrooms. So they didn't have good reactions. But obviously, the aesthetic culture from thousands of years ago, that milk was raw, that had bacteria in it, there were some interactions going on, and good stuff was happening. So You're saying that the
0: Vimanas one. weren't microwaves? Hold on now.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean that's absolutely true, Tony. Like yeah. they fucking take away the real and they give us a substitute and it's always well, and bullshit.
0: it it to to... Like- it and Tony, I'm sorry to to take away from the point you were making because it adds to like the sacred nature of the cow. I mean, India, they don't. I don't even think they eat beef there because it's such a sacred animal. Obviously, they use its milk, but yeah, wow. That I mean, that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, we would being robbed of so many experiences, and that is just something that like like it just goes like to show you like people of the time like, like you know, 50, 60 years ago, they couldn't even imagine like, like the idea of milk was just something that came from the store. Like they didn't even realize that this was something very different that they were like, they just substituted an ingredient without even knowing they were
0: substituting an
3: ingredient.
0: Right. Right. They're like, Oh yeah. Milk is milk.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it reminds me of what you're talking about with like the sourdough and things like that. Like if you want to make real fucking sourdough, you like you get the yeast that's like out in the fucking air. It's like something that our body is used to it and experiences all the time. There's these little microorganisms that can be our fucking friend. You know, and so like everything is about sterilization and like the ultra pasteurization of the fucking milk kills all the healthy enzymes. Why are so many people so lactose intolerant? Because it's something that our bodies weren't fucking used to. You know what I mean? If you drink a glass of real fucking milk, I'm sure your body knows how to break that down a hell of a lot better than if you fucking boil it and you kill Mm. everything that's in it. And yeah, it's just fascinating, man, because like you were like you said about the sourdough bread, it hits you different. You know, it hits you different than this, like, weird fucking white bread that, like, is dog shit. That's the other thing about grains, though, too, is that we never see them in their natural form, especially here in America. Like, what we do is, like, if you see an actual wheat fucking seed, like a wheat berry, there's like, there's the husk, there's the inside, there's the bran, and then there's the endosperm. And that's what you get. That's like the white flour. It's just pure starch. So we break down everything, take everything of nutrients out of it. And just the, pure fucking endosperm pure starch pure fucking sugar and that's why they make you enrich the flour because you take everything of value from it so they were like well you got to put something back in it because actual wheat like if you were to eat it has some vitamins has fiber, has some protein has some things in it and this dog shit that we call like wonder bread is just pure cancer right pure dog shit
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it it definitely does not do the body good despite everything they try to tell us with their propaganda. You know, there's all sorts of industries that have been created around trying to justify terrible crimes in the name of capitalism. And it's called marketing and it's called public relations and they're very respectable jobs that you can go to college for. So, I mean, that's the kind of society that we're in and unfortunately people don't see it with you know without the reality czars you know so to speak who you know have their groups of people that they sort of you know i think we're trying to be here uh, a part of a new gnosis you know and and it's interesting like this community of podcasters that's growing you know we have sort of a consensus but there is division in that group and i'm starting to just be a little more wary about, you know, disinfo and and maybe even people who, you know, come around to stir the pot and stir things up and start fights. I mean, not on my show or any, your show certainly, or any shows that are in the, the cooperative, but... You know, there's this whole L.A. podcast war thing going on between Bobby Lee and, and Brendan Schaub. And that's just high school bullshit, you know, immature squabbling. Is but, that really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's so It's so mundane and people are, are, you know, just chomping at the bit for any sort of drama. So, but, you that's know, that's, that's the kind of thing is like the more podcasts get attention, like this is becoming more and more mainstream. So... You know, we as, you know, alternative thinkers, open minded thinkers, we need to be on top of this technology in a way that keeps us around, you know, and that's kind of one of the things that really inspired me with Alt Media United to get this thing going was to let people know like, hey, if you start a podcast, you can't get censored. It's independent. You know, you pay for your RSS feed. You own that. You know, there's no YouTube to come in and ban your channel. It's it's you and anybody who has the know-how can go and find your stuff. Yes, Apple might take you off their list. Yes, Spotify might take you out of their app. But there's a dozen apps chomping at the bit to replace those apps. Yeah, I think this is going to be a place where people get educated on some really important things. Some of the things we've touched on just in this conversation. Health, sovereignty, how to get together with your community and and create a plan so that we're not being dominated and forced to obey these laws that make no sense. But to me, man, that's the
1: biggest white pill is, is for me, it's agorism. So what agorism is, was it like they actually, there was a book that was written by a guy, his name was Samuel Konkin Third. He wrote a book called The New Libertarian Manifesto. And so he just looked at libertarianism and he was like, this is all talk and no action. How do we make this like applicable to the real world? And so like his whole thing was like, we can use like, this is the flag behind me, the gray and black. It's using the gray and black market to like subvert authority of the government and to go behind their back and to make an exchange. It's the agora, the agora means the market in Greek. So that's what agorism is. And so it's about using the market. So like, I actually just met some new folks today that live in my town and we're going to start setting up with actually with Adam. Adam is a neighbor of mine actually from, so he lives out in the stick. So he lives about like 23 minutes that way, but we're going to try to start setting up like an, an Agora, like just like, so like kind of like, like a flea market slash like, like, you know, like a farms market, but without any fucking oversight, you know what I mean? So we can sell fresh eggs, we can sell raw milk, we can sell anything that we want to sell. You know what I mean? That's that's basically what the Agora is. And we, do, we might do it in, a, in an exchange that has nothing to do with money. You know, we could barter. We could use crypto or we could just, you know, maybe use dollars and not, you know, talk about it. And so there wouldn't be any record of it. And that's the whole, that's, that's agorism. That's my whole mantra here. So it's about setting up, getting to know your community, get to know your fucking neighbors, man, go make them some cookies, bring them a fucking six pack of beer and be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so what's up, man. You know? And that's, that's the core essence of it because you have to have like a backup plan when fucking whatever your fucking store of choice, Safeway runs out of eggs. What are you going to do? When they ran out of toilet paper, what were you going to do? You know, you got to have a fucking backup plan, you know? And so that's the way. From me. Get to know your fucking neighbors, man. Get to know the people within like 10 miles from your vicinity and have a backup plan. You have a skill. I have a skill. What can we do? What can we offer each other? How can we connect? that's that's our that's
0: my answer right on yeah i'm i'm with you there and it's it sounds you know and i've never been to the west coast so i might be wrong but it sounds like it's a lot easier to do that kind of thing when you're in a place that has so much open space you know where i live right now i'm kind of uh Kind of in between a rock and a hard place in the sense that, like, if I go, you know, a couple miles that way, there's a city. If I go another couple miles that way, there's a city. If I go another couple miles that way, eventually there's a city. So, and if I go further enough west, I got to cross the Hudson River. And there's only bridges to do that unless I could find some kind of James Bond car in the next few years. But, you know, that bothers me being stuck on this side of the Hudson river. Sometimes it bothers me. I mean, yeah, the there's East, man, my buddies, I got some buddies that are moving to South
1: Carolina. Mm. I, my buddy, Scott, he just moved to Tennessee. There's some places you got to right. get moving, buddy, get the hell out of there. Right. <laughs> I well, not where you're at,
0: but yeah, yeah. And there are, there are places, wild spaces up North in new England, but you know, who wants yeah. to be in that kind of cold? It is very cold Tony, in the winter. Tony's Tony in the moved. winter. We
1: were, he was out here with me. He He's out in Rhode Island right now. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was going to ask you, Tony, you do have kind of like a, a New Englander sort of... You remind me of Ron from New England a little bit. Are you from up this way, or do you just yeah, a trouble right Oh, cool. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, now we got you all hooked in with your audio here. Glad to see we finally worked that out. Before, for the listeners, Tony was buzzed in over my phone uh, using the miracle of technology and now he's here on the zoom so if you notice a little difference in the audio i think it sounds better though now so okay whatever you did was great thank you brother okay But, but yeah, so, I mean, we're kind of going a little bit all over the place, but I think my point was like, and maybe, maybe Rhode Island's like this and I just don't know, but it does feel like on the East coast, there's less options. You know, like I said, I was working on a farm, but a lot of these farms, at least in Connecticut are very high priced, you know, they're in expensive communities. They cater to those people that live in those expensive communities. So doesn't feel the most there's not the most communal vibe here already it might it might be yeah looks like it might have to move but who knows what do you think tony what's rhode island like
2: yeah i get that there's definitely a lot of stagnation with that there's a lot of really old money here like like, basically, like, if you're on the West Coast and you're rich, like, you figured out how to do something, you found a better way. You know, and here, it's just, like, the rich people have just been rich for so long. Right. And it's, like, this divide. And it's, like, it's re- there's a like, there's a deep entrenched classism here, where it's, like, people, like, it's hard. I think the people just go, like, oh, those are rich people, they're not us. And it's, where it's, like, no, there's no, like, aspiration to, like, kind of people are just kind of beaten down by that. Mm, it is right. I think bleak, there was yeah. an unhealthy shadow to that. So, mm-hmm. but I think also no matter where you are, like there's just a lot of work to be done. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, okay, like, I, I don't know where it's like an ideal place to be right now because there's so many of us are so scattered and there's just different manifestations. So like, okay, you could be on the like, west coast where things are like dumb in one way or somewhere else where things are done in another way. right? And it's—I mean—it's just, just like you, Nathan was saying. I think you're just going to kind of create like community, create like these pockets of freedom, and just let them grow. And you know. Best. You know, wherever you are.
0: Yeah, no, I hear that. I think there's more power to uh, us as a decentralized collective rather than, yeah, being like, oh, we're going to take over North Dakota and everybody who believes in anti this is going to go to North Dakota now. It doesn't seem like that would last very long so there's actually quite a bit up in
1: new hampshire where you went to fucking yeah, festival. that might be an okay place it's not too far away from you. i think uh, the east coast to me is all the east coast to me so i have no fucking idea like where the fuck right
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Tony you know? could probably tell you better than i could like the difference to compare but like Connecticut's pretty nice as far as weather. Like I'm a little bit comfortable here. I mean, the winters aren't that bad, but if I go up to New Hampshire, I mean that's you, you're turning the thermostat up quite a bit every winter. You know it's it's cold up there. I don't know. Rhode Island might area, be, but it's the same.
2: Yeah, you have to plug your oil heater on at night. If not, your car will just freeze up. Yeah, I lived up there for a while. Like I had to take the battery out my car at night. <laughs> you know, yeah. If your car breaks down, you're gonna die. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is no joke.
1: Yeah, it maybe no it's no not deal. worth it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> e- I mean,
2: I mean, no, I mean, like, I mean, just just know that going into it, I think it's a thing where it's like you can plan for all of these things, but like the cold is a real thing, like. It's uncomfortable where you are, but it's not
0: going to kill you. Mm. Well, shit, I was just listening to, I found this podcast recently called The Explorer's Podcast. Very interesting stuff. It's kind of one of these like audio narrations, not really like what we do. And they were talking about Franklin. This guy, Franklin, was trying to find the Northwest Passage, right? He's going up. Deep into the Arctic where, you know, most boats just get crushed in the ice. But they had a beefy, you know, uh, really strong iron-plated ship. And, yeah, they died. They froze. (laughs) They did not make it to the Northwest Passage. This was in the 1850s. But, yeah, that is one thing. a past guest mentioned that, that there are so many mysterious things in the North just because of how cold mm-hmm. it is you know you these things get buried under levels and levels of snow lost to time i mean for all we know there could have been a time when the ice was much lower and there were civilizations up there i mean who knows maybe that was yeah. where Tartaria was right i know you guys have been researching that topic recently that's been mm-hmm. a, a big interest mine as well like
1: uh- We've been talking to uh, Andy from the Deep Share. We've been talking a little bit about the Box Saga, and that's yeah. Fucking fascinating. Yeah, and all that crazy shit going up up north. Yeah, yeah, it's all fascinating, man. No. Yeah, I, we love that shit—the hidden history and all the crazy stuff. And no. yeah, I love the episode you did with Andreas just a little bit ago. We have him coming on in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah, he's and, really cool, yeah, dude. It's all fascinating
0: yeah thank you thank you yeah big shout out to andreas he's he's been a really fantastic guest if you guys are talking to him for the first time then put your seatbelt on it's gonna be a fun (laughs) conversation i'm
1: trying to go back to listen to every old episode right now so that i can come up with like interesting and new Mm -hmm. questions that stuff he hasn't you know yeah uh, subjects he hasn't touched so
0: that's always that's that's always a a challenge with him particularly because he knows so much that like he hasn't expressed it all on any single podcast. So it's like, sometimes you just can't research for it. You don't know. He could, Pull something out and it's like oh this is the first time i'm talking about this you know so
1: i love that dude that's my goal every right. time i talk to somebody new because i let my brain go nuts dude and i'll just like i'll just ask some mm. i've had some really interesting interactions with some interesting guests that like you've definitely never heard this person say this before which is mm. and i didn't mean to but it's just what happened you know it's just fun well, and that's I like that
0: yeah and that's such uh you know a testament to what we're all doing here you know giving an authentic shake at these conversations, putting a part of ourselves into it. You know, you're not going to get the same thing every time. I think that's the issue I have with these over polished podcasts. I I used to like listening to a lot of comedy podcasts, but it became like a lot of the, you know, repetitive stuff. These guys talking about their lives, they're all doing the same thing. You know, lately I've been listening to indie podcasts, smaller podcasts, and it's cool to hear new perspectives, different perspectives, and, and even, you know, to see how two people interact, right? Because I could have a conversation with Andreas and get one, you know, take and you can have a, a conversation with them and pull an entirely different take out of them. I mean, that's kind of what I think is, is the beauty of this. But when it comes to maybe uh, stranger topics, do you guys have any that you've discussed that are like, oh yeah, there's definitely not a lot of people that know about this?
1: That's a good question.
2: What (laughs) what have you been talking about, Tony? I think the box saga, and he basically hinted on going into some kind of um, basically self, like self.
0: I know where you're going. (laughs) I know where you're going.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, We're
1: doing a part two. We're doing it for his Patreon and our Rockfin premium. But yeah, yeah. He goes deep in some controversial areas. Yeah. Okay. And I th- yeah. I
2: was just thinking about that too because it, it's really weird but like in this bizarre universe in some kind of alternate universe that's just completely normal and people are weirded out by the fact that like we're eating eggs every day for breakfast right? Like, right. I mean like, shit How like, that like, that's really strange why would they do this for health reasons or spiritual or whatever then you're like we're eating eggs Yeah, I don't know if that might be something to it
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I had that conversation with Andy as well. And we put that part on the Patreon, save the money shot for the Patreon. That's what I say, you know, but, uh, but yeah, there's (laughs) definitely some weird angles. It's weird too, that you guys brought that up because I was just having a conversation with, with my buddy, Michael Wan, and he was talking about the pineal gland and the parietal gland and how there's this interaction that takes place and it releases what's called like a chrismic fluid. And this is supposed to be like the, you know, seed of life. And Mike didn't mention any like of the sexual stuff. But then I listened to another conversation uh, with a guy named Alan Greenfield. He was just on the higher side chats and he was talking about this same sort of concept, but, you know, using sex magic to invoke it. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot. Of, of esoteric practices that involve things that aren't dinner table conversation but i think that's kind of like do, as fellow researchers do you guys think that like that's as far as the secret society's truth goes like that's why there's so much secret because they just don't want their embarrassing sex habits it's... to be public knowledge <laughs> i mean i have my own crazy fucking weird thoughts on all of this
1: actually like i actually think that a lot of this goes to like like saturnian fucking cults and things like that and i think a lot of this is like black cube kind of shit where these people they literally i don't know if they actually are interdimensional beings or if they are just in communion with interdimensional beings and I think a lot of this, like basically the elite have this weird fucking religion that they have been carrying with them. And actually, this connects to the box saga too. Actually, when we were talking to Andy, this might have to do with like the sati- Satanism versus the Luciferianism, like that that whole aspect of it, which is fascinating. But like, so this could be like a twist or like an inversion of this, like this dark religion, basically, where they have to tell you, right? They that's that whole like revelation of the method. They have to tell you what they're going to fucking do to you before they do it and that releases some like karmic like whatever the fuck it is like and um i almost think that these people know that what they fucking have been doing like as far as like I think they probably do drink baby's blood, dude. I think they fuck kids, and I think they fucking sacrifice them, and I think they drink their blood in weird, dark, fucked-up rituals. I absolutely think that happens, man. And I think that this whole, like, move towards, like, transhumanism is a way to escape their eternal fucking fate. I think that they want to prolong their lives. They want to, like, up... They want to like upload themselves into this like AI sort of thing, like this whole like it, like you can uh, like through Black Mirror, you know that whole right. where they want to upload their consciousness into this thing, and so I f- I feel like that's a way of like escape their eternal fate, you know, it, because if they die here now they might have to answer for some of the fucked up things they did and i think that probably they've been doing this for a while like i think about like jeffrey epstein might have been fucking uploaded to the you know to the ai you know things like that i think that this has probably been happening for a few decades where you know you see those celebrities or celebrities whatever they are politicians walking around with a big black eye you know we saw prince edward do that right before he died he had the big black eye i that could be like you know uploading yourself and then his whatever this is your flesh suit dies but you know whatever it is i think they they might still be around you know i don't know man and i I do think also about like these interdimensional beings whatever they are like demons aliens whatever angels god you know i don't know what they're communicating with like what we would call them but like I think that they, they're not as corporeal in our like dimension as, as, you know, obviously as we are. So they have to like use humans as a host for a while. You know, I think that's what possession is. I think that they can possess a body for a time or I think, dude, honestly, cause like, what is your brain? Your brain is a computer, right? Like essentially. And I think so like i really think this whole move towards transhumanism and the ai and the symbiont whatever this is that's bringing this crazy computer that whatever these beings are they can come and inhabit this realm
0: that's my thought i don't know that's kind of out there that's kind of no 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 i'm with you man i think that's (laughs) fascinating and i didn't really make that connection with the black eye and now that you're bringing that up, I mean, it really just sends my imagination into so many different places like they, like I, I've, when you said that I pictured like Bill Gates, like putting him, his face up to like some machine that like punches his soul out of his head. Yeah. And then he like goes into, you know, the, the machine and his body gives you know, himself
1: a lobotomy
0: Yeah, just, dude. I mean, dude. Yeah. And then he's like a zombie or something, a shell of a person until his you know, suit dies. <laughs> Well, yeah, no doubt. Tony, any thoughts on, on what your, your homie just spit out? <laughs> Am I further there, out and- than you, tell me, maybe? <laughs> maybe, in some
2: ways, yeah. I think that, I think the transhumanism thing is like something we've been struggling with for a while. As soon as we started to pick up like a rock and put it on the end of a stick, that's technology. And we become dependent on that. I mean, so I think that like a lot of this stuff, I'm really open to idea there's, Transdimensional entities wouldn't, I think that they would possess us in some ways. I think a lot of it is how, how, I don't want to say like pure, but like that they get filtered through us. So, like, what's in our soul? So, I think a lot of stuff is there's patterns that happen in life. I think we just fall into these patterns. And if we're not paying attention, these patterns just basically create these systems that oppress us. I think a lot of times like these people, like when's the last time someone told Bill Gates, like, no man, that's just, that's dumb, stop doing that. <laughs> right? Like, like, like we get told this stuff every day in some form or another. Like if we get a bad idea, which we do, or like everyone has bad ideas. If you have to get a good idea, you need a thousand bad ideas but he doesn't have that person telling him that. Mm. And I mean, he has ulterior motives with stuff. I mean, we all do. It's nothing, it's nothing foreign to it. So, and if he's not in check with himself, and I I think that self, like you can at that level do that work, but I think it's really haunted. I don't think a lot of people are going to do it, especially when they got a lot of, better alternative you know you'd rather hang out at an orgy doing some sex magic or something than like you know try to be like yeah why was i a jerk today why mm. like you know so he's manifesting all of these things that you it just it gets perceived as oppression as tyranny like no i don't want to get jabbed right and i think that like like, why are you trying to force this on so many people? Like, it's such a monstrous thing to do. But at some level, I can kind of relate to it in a lot of ways. But I'm like, well, if I wasn't aware of, like, my, I don't want to say darker urges, but, like whatever, like, whatever you want, fame, power, money, like, we all have these things. There's nothing wrong with one of these things as long as you know you want these things and set boundaries on what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And I think a lot of people don't have these natural boundaries, which is why they become wildly successful. Like a lot of corporate trainings basically, basically trying to break down these boundaries that people have because people set the boundaries like at too rigid of a place to be effective. They have these things like, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to publicly speak. Well, why like break that down. But if you have no boundaries, like you're a psychopath and some people need to establish that stuff no, I think it's like, it's, it's less of a thing of evil to me versus it's just kind of like people just haven't they're, they're really underdeveloped in some real ways. Like, like every two-year-old is a complete sociopath, right? Like, like you're more violent at the age of two than you are at any other age, because at age one, you can't physically do anything. And even if you're a really violent person, you're less violent. Fi- like you're just going to have less outbursts later on in life. Cause you're going to be able to modulate that better. Even if you are like a psychotically violent person, you could be in a prison gang and you'll have less violence in your life than a two year old because everything to them is just like, I want to do this thing and I'm going to commit violence to get that. <laughs> and it's okay because you're two, you're pretty harmless. And it's just this part of development. But if you don't develop that, if you don't develop out of that, which some people don't, you know what I mean? And I think that this is the problem and it just becomes more calculated. But you wouldn't look at a two-year-old and go like, oh, that two-year-old is evil. Look at, like, you know, and I feel like it's the same thing, just they're a lot more powerful. So we have to find ways to protect ourselves. I guess that's where I light up on things.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's that's a very very nuanced and well-said point i think there is definitely you know an argument within like the whole nature versus nurture thing and you kind of just described that really well like and i've heard this statistic you made me think of this statistic that like how many what is it some 60 percent of people in like the upper echelon of corporate the corporate world are psychopaths so there's a certain level of like no boundaries you need to have to even get to that level of, you know, corporate, you know, prestige, if you even want to call it that. Because, I mean, what are you really doing at at that level of then telling other people what to do and, and having smart ass conversations? Yeah, kind of like what we're doing. Just, you know, there's no uh, big money on the line. <laughs> I mean, there's like a whole group of two year olds and adults bodies. Right. And then the corporation, that would be i hear you so going back to the stranger stranger stuff you guys met on your way to a sasquatch sort of what is this a sasquatch yeah okay so yeah this is actually the flag for it we got sasquatch with the ar and right yeah
1: we got the porcupine we got the um, unloose the goose now yeah
0: where where some. do you guys go when it comes to cryptids? Like wh- how far do you I mean are you into Bigfoot, Loch Ness or do you go as far as like Mothman and and you know little so people again, and then, like I, I mean, think my I probably my I'm
1: I go a little bit further than Tony. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so I mean like dude where I go with it is like I think that there's absolutely bigfoots i absolutely do and so like i probably told this story i don't know several times because we've had some interesting cryptid folks on but we'll tell it again for your audience so like i took i took my wife we got married in 2019 we went to yellowstone and we actually went backpacking like from the oregon coast all the way up through washington through oregon through like idaho then up to wyoming and montana and it was beautiful dude and but we were in Yellowstone and then we took a little trip like into the grand Tetons and there's this little boat that you can take. They like take you on like a cruise basically to this place called Elk Island and they make like a really nice dinner for you. And it's, it's fucking beautiful out there. And one of the ladies is sitting there talking to us and explaining to us that like, if you hit a deer, that's $10,000. If a fucking bear is mauling your wife, and you shoot that bear, that's $10,000. If a fucking mountain lion is like eating your child and you shoot the mountain lion, that's $10,000. There's like no ands, if or buts. And she's explaining that like every single one of the animals or almost every single one of those animals is chipped. Like every single one of them is fucking chipped. And she'll know if you fucking hit one of those deer, they will literally track you down. They like, cause they know when that, like when, when the deer dies, so they know when, they, when the fucking heart stops beating. They're like, okay, we have to go pick one up. So it might have died of natural causes. But if it didn't, they get there. And they're like, holy shit, somebody hit this deer. They'll close the fucking exits to the park. They'll go through every fucking campsite. They'll find your fucking car that has the blood on it. And they're like, they're super serious. So like my, my brain has kind of like over the years has been thinking about it. And it was like, if, and this is a big if, if Bigfoot is not interdimensional, because I mean, there's that whole idea, right. That he might be an entity. He might be like, whatever this fucking thing is. Right. But if he's a physical being, if there's these physical animals out there, why wouldn't they all be fucking shipped? The government could be monitoring every single one of them and they know where the fuck they are, you know, because I have heard those same stories where like a hunter shoots the fucking Bigfoot that he sees. And then within like 10 minutes, uh, the men in black are there. They're like, like you turn around the body's gone the men in black are there they're like motherfucker you didn't see anything you know that sort of thing that kind of scenario and i'm like that would make so much fucking sense to me if all the bigfoot that's why we haven't seen one of those bodies you know if they're fucking shipped and they're being tracked and monitored i think that's totally fucking possible and maybe even probable like that would make some sense to me but it's even funner because I think about it because that would be almost the dream job to be like a Bigfoot, like uh, men in black kind of guy, like you're a fucking like interdimensional, whatever, like you're a fucking cryptid, uh, like men in black. You know, I mean, it would be would it would be kind of like it'd be like the X-Files. You know, I think that would be funny shit. That'd be an awesome job. Um
0: Sorry, somebody who has that job may be listening to this podcast. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Reach out to me, dude. <laughs> let's let's talk. We'll keep you anonymous. I just want to t- I want to chat. But it's even funner if they're if Bigfoot's interdimensional because I still think that there's these men in black, and so they, these are like interdimensional, like time lords, kind of. They have to like keep us apart. You know what I mean? They have to keep the Bigfoot world from us when they come here. And so there might be like guys that clean up the site. You know what I mean? I think that's even fun. That would be a way awesome job. Mm. I don't know. Just think about it. I mean, I'm, I'm open. Decryptids is what I'm saying. Sorry, go ahead. Tom.
2: If your wife is being mauled by a bear and she survives, and you're excused for not shooting her, you're a bear, calculating it. You're like, like thousand like dollars. The <laughs> ranger said it would be ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's over, man. It is so fucking over.
1: I'm There's no. Over. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> you are walking home, man. <laughs> Dude, you know what's fucked up and fascinating is like. Oh, who was that blonde young girl that like got murdered by her boyfriend and they were doing the whole van life thing? You know oh, what I mean? Gabby like, something. Gabby Petito. Yeah, yeah. The way they were explaining where they found her body, I swear to God, that's where we were camping. This was like between the Grand Tetons and, and Yellowstone. There's these like weird wilderness campgrounds that you can go out. They're like yeah. fucking free. And they basically tell you that you're bear bait, you know, and they're just fun. Like that, that's where we were out. And they describe like where they found her body. I swear to God, that's where we were camping. Just weird <laughs>
3: connections.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a synchronicity. Lying in there somewhere I think that case is solved so maybe you're not the guy to go and uh, Investigate but who knows I mean that was kind of a, a big huge mainstream story one thing that's Interesting is that Gabby chick she had a social media following or something and then I've noticed this maybe a little unrelated but I mean, we just had a a shooting in in Buffalo. There was a shooting in New York City not too long ago. And then even the guy who tackled Dave Chappelle, who had a knife on him, had a YouTube channel. And every time the media goes uh, and talks about these people, they mention the fact that, oh, he's a live streamer. Oh, he's a YouTuber as well. Like, that to me seems like the narrative is being shifted now. And they're like... I don't know. It makes me a little worried as a podcaster. Like when's the When's the first guy going to be like a podcast serial killer or something? You know, like when's that going to happen? Because I I, I see it coming, you know, that's how they make this sort of these arguments to be like, oh, we need to censor YouTube because look, these shooters are doing manifestos on there. And I mean, it just it seems like it's manufactured and maybe I'm super paranoid and I think everything's a false flag. Who knows? You know, people died. I don't want to, you know, upset any, but it definitely is suspicious for me.
1: Well, your paranoia feeds in with my paranoia because I think everything is Corey I think that like them bringing that up is important. I think that they do bring that up. And, and I think they want us to live stream our fucking lives. You know, I think that that's that's also part of it, too, is because like, we fucking we invite the fucking the guys. I mean that whole thing of like spying devices. Like I pay a hundred bucks a month to have a spy device connected to me at all times. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's kind of fucked, man. We, we are our own prison guards in a lot of ways, especially when you're live streaming all your fucking life and you're doing the 10 year challenge. Like this is me five years ago. This is me now, you know, that kind of, that kind of shit. And you're helping the computer and their algorithm and their facial fucking recognition. And mm. yeah, I don't know that, Maybe that's part of it, and maybe I'm paranoid too. I'm sorry, Tony, what were you saying?
2: Well, it it definitely feels like they're going to use that as a mechanism of censorship, right? So it's like... like, it doesn't matter, like, if you shoot a bunch of people for no fucking reason, like, who gives a shit whether you you had a YouTube channel or not. Like, that, that's <laughs> not? Like, that's not really relevant to the thing. Unless you right? were live-streaming like, it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, I don't care whether you had followers or not. Like, I don't care what you did for a job. I don't care whether you wrote poetry or not. Like, all these things kind of become irrelevant. It's just like, we need to do something with you because we can't have you just shoot in a bunch of people. But... Now, if they start to go like, oh well, these are like he had a podcast or he had a YouTube channel or whatever, then it's like, well, now we got to look at these people and see the problem people, and they're going to cast
1: a net so wide, and it's just like, yeah, it's the connections that they choose to like to acknowledge. Which I think is funny because I like exactly what you're saying. It's like, I think about this. It's so right now, something that's fucked up that's happening with young kids, like young, like, I don't know, like fucking 12 to 18 year olds. There's a bunch of them getting hepatitis. Like, I don't know if you've heard about that. There's this huge outbreak. And the one correlation that all of these people have in common right now is that they all were fucking jabbed. Right. And so it's like causing liver failure and giving these kids essentially hepatitis and they're looking for connections. And so they're they're saying that, like, up to 70 percent of these kids either had a dog or had close contact with a dog recently. You know what I mean? So they're like and so like what you're saying is like maybe they're focusing on like their live streamers or YouTubers or this or that. And they're not going to talk about it. probably every single one of them was on SSRIs every single one of them was on like psych meds and shit, yeah. you know? And it, like, that's a much, maybe a closer fucking connection to why these people lost their goddamn minds and shot a bunch of people. I mm. don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. I and mean, is- Maybe it doesn't matter if I have a fucking dog. <laughs> right. maybe- right it is it is often what they highlight as opposed to what they don't and in a lot of cases yeah these people are on these high level pharmaceutical drugs drugs you know psychopathic psychotic you know these sort of psych meds you know not just your your average Tylenol or Advil these people are taking you know things that have detrimental effects on your brain over time you know i i don't personally trust big pharma i've never taken anything outside of like a couple antibacterial you know pills here and there but even that makes me suspicious especially after what we just you know went through over the past few years but yeah there's always this sort of thing that happens with these big false flag shootings during democratic presidents i mean none of this happened mm-hmm. when trump was in office i i don't remember many shootings that were you know of this caliber already in the first you know five months of 2020 i can think of like two or three of these shootings yeah. you know and it's just i don't think it's any coincidence that this same thing happened when obama was office i was too young to know if it happened when clinton was in office but yep yeah, i wouldn't doubt it
1: yeah smarter people than me have definitely made that connection before it's like when a republican in office when a republican is in office the enemy is out there right so that's when you're getting your fucking terrorism around the fucking world and shit and yeah and when the democrats and and we're the terrorists you know it's always domestic and where they focus on and so in both ways they get what they want they get to make these more tyrannical fucking bills and they pass these like terrible things that like like and it's the democrats and republicans they, they 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 give you between like what's that like what do they used to call it? Like asshole and turd sandwich or something. That's what you get to choose between, you know. Yeah. It's and it's shitty, like you get to choose between these two. Yeah. And then the you're lesser two evils. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're always gonna get your gun control from Republicans. Mm. Because we wouldn't accept it from a Democrat. Like, right. no fucking way. But then Donald Trump says, you know, well, you know, what what's what's the fucking term he said? Let's take the guns first and do the deal due diligence later. You know, like, and so that's like, the due diligence is what you're supposed to do before you're allowed to take the guns. But Donald Trump was like, we'll just take the guns first. Oh, and we'll ban bump stocks. And like, if Joe Biden tried that shit, there would be fucking rednecks in arms freaking out. But but if Donald Trump doesn't, then they let it happen, you know, so they use the opposite. They do that, it's that inversion. Like we're the party of the fucking second amendment. Like, okay, well, when a Republican's in office, watch they're gonna fucking impede on the second amendment you know it's it's just it's always that shit you know Plaking because they all
0: play their fucking rules right you know right yeah they're they, they they'll shake your hand with one hand and stab you in the back with the other you know that's kind of their mo but dudes this has been so far really wild ride i don't want to wrap it up (laughs) quite yet but i do have to wrap it up in about 20 minutes but when it comes to you know topics that you guys want to cover on your show things that you're you're most interested in we've kind of touched on a few different subjects but when it comes to the world beyond you know i've heard we, we kind of touched on the interdimensional nature of when it comes to the world outside of our earth are you guys into holographic theory electric universe are you guys you know one-dimensional well, earth you know because sometimes i i fuck with that i like hearing about what's on the other side of the ice wall and that you know i'm i'm open yeah. to everything like i said i used to work on a farm with flat earthers. That's not my personal thing. I'm kind of earth shape agnostic, but I really like the electric universe stuff. I've been getting into that more lately. What, what do you guys, do you guys get into that on your show at all? Or, or is that something you might so get Tony, into in the I future? think, again, I'm a little bit more wild than you.
1: i tony grounds me tony keeps me in line so i i go i'll shoot all over the fucking place because i'm just adhd as fuck my head is in the stars but speaking of that i don't think we can get to the stars so that's, that's that's where i go man i think you know shout out to my homie moral bob and like space is fake and gay You know, that's, that's kind of like, I love the idea of outer space. Like we got a homie, uh, Gen Z, he's awesome. And he, he'll come and tell us about aliens and stuff, but I'm not, you know, I'm not super convinced on, on the alien thing. I think that there are beings, but I think that it's more interdimensional than like from outer space sort of thing. But like, dude, we just had, we just had Dave Weiss on and I loved, I loved his spiel, man. I love talking to him. He definitely like, I'm with you as far as like, i'm pretty agnostic on the shape of the earth but i know nasa's lying Mm. you know that's that's kind of where i fall with that i love the idea of like infinite earth and that there's like continents beyond ice walls and then continents after that and that there's different lands and those would be the extraterrestrials you know some plus yeah love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know um Yeah, man. I'm, I'm super open to all of that, man. I I had Aria Sulin on. I love that guy. He was talking about like hollow earth and how the fucking Nazis escaped and they, they went to Antarctica inside of the fucking hollow earth. And like, I dude, I love all that shit. I'm super fucking open-minded to it. I have no idea. Mm. i don't know I but i you. love having interesting guests on and like next week i'll be fucking i'll think the earth is flat next week i think the earth is hollow i think that you know i love the electric universe theory like i think that shit is fucking awesome mm. i'm all about it so i don't i don't know Tony. where are you at Where bring some common sense it's uh, all a simulation of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it's all it's all just it's all just ones and zeros i i don't yeah i don't I mean, for the most part, I think I'm pretty conventional in that. I think I'm a pretty much a ball-earther. Um, open to the idea that it's completely bullshit, but it's... I don't know. I, have, I don't buy into the concept that there would be a reason to lie about it, but perhaps there's something I'm not seeing with it. Electric Universe, that would be... I don't know too much about that. Sounds really interesting.
0: Mm. I would definitely um, recommend my girlfriend actually got me this for my birthday. I'm trying to pull it off the shelf, but it's a really, really awesome book called the electric universe by uh wall Thornhill and David Talbot, uh, Walter Thornhill. And uh, yeah, really interesting stuff. It just kind of redefines a lot of, you know, the materialist scientific ideas into more energy based rather than like like, n- gravity physics, material based science that we get from, you know, mainstream academics. But yeah, I'm kind of with you guys on the, like, you know, the ball, but also I'm kind of agnostic and, and I I appreciate the attitude that people who are in the flat earth community bring (laughs) to it of like, yeah, "Yeah, we're so open-minded that like throw everything out the window and start from scratch. Like, There's there's value in that, you know, and I think David Weiss in particular makes a really, really compelling case to show you like, hey, NASA lied here, 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 here. What do you think now? You know, and like you can't really argue with that. I haven't had David on this show, but I have done a podcast with him with my buddy Ron from New England, who I know you guys have podcasted with before we love Ron. Yeah, Ron's, Ron's a awesome really interesting guy. And then Dave Zed too. I have several podcasts that I've done with him. We used to love that guy do a podcast yeah, on, out to Dave. on the elements. But yeah, there's like an endless, endless amount of, you know, things that we can talk about. I just I never want to be in the position of like, oh well this is it. And I can't look into anything about globe earth because I'm just flat earth. And I think that's the only fault really that, you know, you could have as a flat earther is when you go and you become so open minded that you're now closed minded. It's like, okay, you kind of went and like did something there that doesn't really make sense. So that's as far as I go with that topic, but it's interesting to, to get everybody's take on it. Cause I think, You know, the more we all talk about this openly, the less stigmatized it gets, and then the less you know people freak out. Because a lot of the flat earthers feel like, oh, nobody wants to hear us out, and so now we got to scream and shout and get our message out there. You know, and it's like, no, 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 that just turns more people (laughs) off than than you're not winning anybody over doing that. So
2: something
0: positive to that, right? Like some Mm -hmm. some, like there's things that you said,
2: like. There's lies, there's stuff that's like, we've been told it's not true and just expose it and no matter what the truth actually is on that particular thing, getting a richer
1: picture of it through the process. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. And one thing that I thought was fascinating too, is like, Dave has this, like every single one of his audience, like, I had probably like 60, 70 of them reach out to me and fucking send me emails, send me comments. dude. They're fucking friendly and awesome. And like, I really like their energy. They're fucking cool, dude. And one thing that I thought was fascinating too, is like, cause you were talking about like, you don't know where the fuck to go. You don't know what the fuck to do. Like you're like, here's a city, here's a city, here's a fucking city. Like Dave has this app that he ha- does and you can like find other flat earthers. And so like, maybe that's not my flavor of crazy, but like, I, if I use that app and I meet one of them, like, I and like, I like these people, you know, like, and I'm sure that we agree on 98% of other right. things, That's you know what I mean? So like, that could be a great way to find a community, like get to know your local flat earthers, man, because I bet they're pretty fucking cool. Right. Like, Let's make some flat cookies and hang out.
0: <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know I mean, I, I don't know. No, I hear you. And I, I think there's definitely more that we all agree, you know, no matter what shape we think the the earth is there's a lot more to agree on than there is to disagree on when you're in this community and to that interest I mean I can name a couple sites off the top of my head that would help you with that Greg Carlwood just put yeah. together a really cool website the higher side chats meetups that's a great way to meet new people and then no agenda has the same sort of concept uh-huh. no agenda meetups and the Derek Bros freedom cells I think that's yeah, uh, definitely a great resource, you know, not just for you guys, but anybody listening, you know, it's not just exclusive to podcasters. Anybody can can get into this thing and, and go and meet fellow like minded listeners. I've done a My Family Thinks I'm Crazy meetup last month and we had a couple people come and Hang out in New Haven, Connecticut, Tony. If you ever want to make the drive over next time, I do a tour of New Haven. I like to show people around and and uh, show them all the weird skull and bones history that's just waiting for you to find as you walk around in the street. <laughs> I'd
2: be jealous. I'd be jealous.
0: Yeah, come on down. <laughs> sounds I'll, like fun. <laughs> I'll definitely I'll definitely keep keep in touch with you about that because I'm planning on doing one maybe once a month. From here on out. So we'll see. But either way, let us know, guys, where everyone listening can follow up with you guys. If you're listening already on the Reality Oz podcast, I'm Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. Thank you for, for tuning into this episode. But Nate, Tony, tell my listeners where they can follow up with you guys. Tony, are you good at this? Because like I'm normally the one asking
1: for people to do plugs, and so I'm, I'm bad at it. Yeah. Reality Um I listen to us
2: on Spotify i know where they are
1: you can find us like social media wise you can we have a telegram yeah. channel we've got instagram we got twitter i stayed off fedbook just because like fuck it mm, same um, here we unfortunately started youtube because we had enough listeners beg us to uh, and we already have two strikes which is fun so like it's <laughs> actually been a running fun game let's see like how wild we can get so we can get our third strike and just get rid of the channel mm. uh so we're on rockfin follow us on rockfin yeah. i'll send you my link tree and everybody can find us there like we're super open like we're we have a fringe weird you know sort of thing so like dude just come hang out with us come talk to us we're at realityzars at gmail.com like send us a fucking email i would love to interview with you guys like we're fucking open dude like we love people we love our fucking fans like we've had a only really mostly positive, you know, interactions with their fans. Maybe we'll meet some crazies too. And that's okay. And
0: dude, find us, hit us up, let's talk. I love Odyssey. it. Odyssey. I think we're there. I am in oh, Odyssey too. Yeah. And and I should say that you guys sent me all these links and I put a page together for you guys on Alt Media United. And, you know, the intention for that was like You look at a link tree, and sure, it's great. It holds all your stuff, but it's kind of one-dimensional. So our Alt Media United page, certainly please feel free to use that instead of your link tree because it is actually plugged in there too. You know, just a suggestion. But yeah, that's kind of... That's kind of where you can find me too, folks, altmediaunited.com. You'll find reality czars there. You'll find my family thinks I'm crazy along with a bunch of other really awesome, like-minded, independent podcasters. And Nate, Tony, it's a pleasure to get to know you guys. And it's even better that you guys are a part of the cooperative. I really appreciate that you joined. And I look forward to having you guys on again and doing another Swabcast. Maybe we can have you guys on one of my other shows that I do and et cetera, et cetera. Onward from here. We love to, and yeah. us too. Awesome. you. We're happy to be part of the co-op. Cool. Right on. Well, for my audience that's listening, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone from the Reality Czar's audience. Feel free to join us and have a great moment wherever you are in the now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We got a Monday episode with the dudes from the Reality Czar podcast. Big shout out to Nate and Tony. Thanks for joining me here and thanks for being a part of Alt Media United. If you want to find a whole bunch of awesome podcasts, go over to Alt Media United. We got a whole list. We've got new podcasters, we've got pro podcasters, we've got interesting podcasters, curious podcasters. It's really a unique place. Sorry, I got this squeaky chair. I wonder if you can hear my squeaky chair any of the interviews. I gotta get some WD-40. Here I am. It's a hot, hot Sunday night. I'm recording this. The night before, you early birds will be hearing this for those of you who tune in to the show from around the world. We got listeners all around the world. As a matter of fact, we got to give some shout outs. Shout out to our listeners in Belgium, India, Japan, South Africa, Denmark, Spain, France, Thailand, Norway, Brazil, Mexico. Netherlands, Zealand, Sweden, Ireland, Germany, Australia, UK, and of course, our brother to the north, Canada. What's up? Streaming, broadcasting live from the eastern coast of the United States on one of the most polluted ancient lakes right on... The Long Island Sound, famous for Nikola Tesla, famous for the Montauk Project, famous for Lyme disease in the CDC and Plum Island, famous for the Dutch, Adrian Block, and the Hudson Bay Company, right? This Hudson, Hudson people, the Hudson people. I think that's related. But we're here streaming across the internet. I was listening to to coast-to-coast radio, an old interview with Robert Ghost Wolf, which is cool to find an interview with him because I happen to own one of his books. They were talking about a discovery of a Sphinx. There's a Sphinx in the Rocky Mountains somewhere. And I don't know if Robert Ghost Wolf ever revealed the location of this place, but he passed away. Almost 12 years ago, more than 12 years ago, now actually almost 20 years ago, passed away before Art Bell passed away. So I don't know. I don't know where this Sphinx is, but that's absolutely fascinating. It's not just that. If you go to the Telegram, you can see I posted photos. There is an Archangel, there is a Sphinx, of course. And then there's also a Griffin all seemingly carved out of stone. Now, given there's been probably thousands of years of erosion, they're not as pristine as maybe the, you know, Mount Rushmore or something like that. But it's absolutely nonetheless fascinating. I think the Rocky Mountains and the whole Grand Canyon area are probably connected to Egypt in some way or another. Who knows? Maybe before the ocean levels were as high as they were, Egypt was just one span nation going from Africa all the way to what we now consider Mexico and North America. Maybe there was a lot more land, maybe there was a lot more islands. So they could travel in between and add one big great giant nation i mean it's possible now year 2020 look at what we have now in the year 2020 we have nato right the north atlantic treaty what if this was like some kind of ancient nato right it didn't have to necessarily be one whole empire but some sort of trading network anyways there's the squeaky chair again It's a great conversation with Tony and Nate. And it reminded me uh, about libertarianism at a perfect time. Not that I forgot, but I'm just not the most political person. If I had to pick any political group, I'd probably be a libertarian, right? Um, Jeez, we need to fix this squeaky chair. But I say it's sort of serendipitous because almost a year ago, A year ago in June, I went to the Pork Fest, a.k.a. Pork Fest, with my girlfriend Tara. And I just spoke to Richard Grove, um, who I met at Pork Fest last year. I just spoke to him on the phone uh, a day or so ago, and he said, yeah, you gotta come back up to Pork Fest. It's gonna be fun this year. And I see all these people moving around doing cool things in the podcast arena got podcasters going on tours doing shows alex stein is going to be doing a live show in arizona just crazy it's awesome it's amazing it's beautiful to see and don't feel left out you can be a part of it join the telegram come contribute your talent to the show i'd love to have you on the show if you're uh, somebody who's an expert in something and I do want to say please only hit me up if you are actually seriously an expert I don't want to have you on my podcast so you can tell me how much we have in common I'm flattered I appreciate it but that doesn't make for a good show nobody wants to hear that So if you're actually an expert in something and you really feel confident about that, just know that if you hit me up and you say you want to do my show, you could be potentially wasting my time. Don't let that stop you. I really hope this doesn't discourage you. But just know that I hold this show at this point in time to a pretty high standard. So I have to have a very scrutinous process for how I discern what makes it to the show and obviously if you have your own podcast already that helps because I'm able to go and listen and see what you're all about right real recognize real that sort of thing and I don't get me wrong I appreciate every single person who I've podcasted with And I appreciate every single person who's hit me up and offered to do a podcast. I cannot answer every email. I don't have the best organizational skills when it comes to the email department. So sometimes things get left behind. If you have emailed me in the past and I never responded, just forward it back, you know, send it again. I'll get to it. But yeah, I, I, you know, I want to reach out to as many people as possible and in return i can't expect you guys not to want to do the same so feel free please by all means reach out to me but just know i do have a high standard for what uh, qualifies as a guest on this show so if you haven't you know written a book if you haven't created a youtube channel or even a single youtube video if you haven't created a podcast of any kind or participated in one, then you might not be qualified, and I'm sorry. Now, that's not close and shut. I mean, there are exceptions to that rule. Some people are just really interesting. Some people are just natural storytellers, which is why I'll most likely say yes if you ask. I'll most likely say yes because I don't ever want to shut that opportunity out who knows you could be the next Joe Rogan and if I podcast with you first well shit that's good for me too so I'm not saying this to discourage anyone from reaching out I'm always honored when people ask me to be on their shows so please don't let this sound uh pretentious of any flavor of pretentious this is not what I'm trying to say here I just had you know a recent podcast that unfortunately didn't go anywhere and I didn't want to be rude but maybe if the person hears this then they'll understand that I wasn't trying to be rude but I also have a life and things to do I can't just spend two hours talking to just anybody you know it's uh it's just not in the cards if i was a millionaire and i was doing or a billionaire (laughs) if i was a millionaire which isn't much these days and i was doing this just for fun then yeah i'd talk to anybody but there is a certain um rate of growth that i'd like to see with this show so but if you want to participate in the show in a much more low stakes much more low pressure situation hit me up and leave me a voice message on Telegram. That's probably the best way. If you feel like you have some ways to relate, you wanna tell me things about you, why you like the show, why your family thinks you're crazy, how you relate to me, what we have in common and so on, Telegram's the best place for that because not only am I able to respond to you there, but so are all the other people that vibe with the show. And, you know, I have a lot going on. Not always that busy, so I do make my way over to the Telegram and I interact with everybody in there. But there are other folks in there as well who may be there when I'm not. So, yeah, it's a really cool resource. And there are other podcasts that are 10 times as good as this one that are doing really cool things to promote this community. So we're going to piggyback off of that in a way. Not really. I mean, Alt Media United is a community that I kind of organize with my own gumption, my own two hands. So I have put the time and the work in. If you have a podcast and you're listening to this, reach out to me. I'll make you a page on our podcast cooperative site but there are other podcasts like the higher side chats like no agenda that have gone and created these like websites where you can go and you can like post an event and say like hey i'm gonna be hanging out here anyone else who also likes this podcast can come meet me and that is so cool because this is how we start to find people we vibe with this is how we start to build A community of collaborative cooperative people you know harmoniously because we're not you know flyering up some downtown area creating a bunch of litter we're not you know shouting with picket signs and arguing with people you sign up on this website you post a meetup and go and hang out and i've done it twice already for greg's website and we used it to advertise the free walking tour that i did because there's no paid uh promotion on that particular resource and i respect that but i think eventually we're gonna start doing paid tours because the first walking tour went so well and i was nervous but i enjoyed it and i think there are other cool places besides new haven that we can give tours of and maybe even include other researchers and maybe even some experts to come along with us on these tours and if that is the case well that will require some resources some planning logistics and so on so It won't be free, but for the time being, keep your eyes open. I'm going to be planning another free get together, free tour uh, very soon, most likely in June. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, if you like the show, if you find value listening to the show, which I imagine you do if you stuck around all the way to the last part of the podcast. I love that. I appreciate that. That's what I do. I listen to every episode. or something maybe, um, is it ADHD for me? Oh, uh, no, that's not it. OCD for me about, um, the little arrow that my podcast app gives me when I know I've finished listening. I just don't like seeing that incomplete bar like, oh yeah, you have 30 seconds left of this podcast to listen to. <laughs> so anyways if you made it this far i love you value for value show some love for the show this is not a free thing to do cost money out of my pocket not only does it cost money but it costs time you know i put a lot of research put a lot of thought into this show who i'm gonna talk to how i'm gonna talk to them what i'm gonna talk to them about and then i actually talk to them and that always takes a while so yeah it's costly I do it because I love it, but I love it because other people see the value in it too. And, uh, don't get me wrong. I do it for the love of the game. I'd be doing it if no one was listening, but when you reach out and you say, Hey, my family thinks I'm crazy too. It definitely helps me on a mental, emotional, soul level. And when you share a couple bucks, It it tremendously helps me because then I can afford to pay for the electricity to record these outros and intros and all the other things and eh, so on and so forth you've heard me say it before I got car problems folks so I could use all the help I can get my transmission is currently shot shout out to the handy people who have reached out to me with mechanical advice and some very generous kind offers. Um, I don't know, I'm usually, I'm usually for whatever reason, uh, propelled away from that type of generosity where it seems unfounded. I, I guess I'm just getting used to it, but some people have offered to like fix my car for me which I mean, obviously I still got to pay for the parts and whatnot, but that is really fucking cool. I never, I I never imagined that that would even be a reality. So if that, if that's a real offer that's out there, I'm almost certain I lost track of that email. So if you're that guy and you hear this, please reach back out to me. Uh, Or if you're a mechanic and you have advice or help or can lend a hand, definitely reach out i'd love to know at the very least that you listen to the show even if you can't help so anyways follow us in all the places instagram telegram we're on twitter usually it's just an automated post but i'll be on there more often now i notice we've gotten a lot more followers on twitter recently so that's cool and of course value for value support us on patreon you can support us on rockfin or you could just send us a one-time donation the best way to do that is to go to the website myfamilythinksimcrazy.com and scroll down and you'll see all the buttons there's merch got all kinds of t-shirts it's getting warmer out go and get yourself a t-shirt get a tank top that says my family thinks i'm crazy who's cooler than you who's cooler than you matter of fact go ahead do that right now the episode's gonna end you're gonna go into the description you're gonna go to the merch store you're gonna pick something out on me promo code summer three dollars off thank you for being here and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now peace